You're listening to The Boz Show, the socially conscious podcast for leaders. Hey, Cynthia, welcome to The Boz Show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I know you have uh, a lot of things you're working on, but most importantly, or at the top of the list, you're the Youth Observer to the UN. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go into some of the details and how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This is a really cool podcast to be a part of. So I'm just really excited to elevate young people's voices uh, on this podcast. And I'm excited to share a little bit more about why I care so much about the UN SDGs. Um, So I'm Cynthia Yu. I, like you said, I'm the U.S. Youth Observer to the United Nations, a program by the UNA USA. And I have been a UN supporter ever since I was young. I think it really draws back to my background as a first-generation American and a woman of color from the American South. My grandfather was the oldest of six children in a different country that was torn by war, hunger, and poverty. And by the time he turned 13, he'd watched as every single one of his younger siblings passed away from preventable causes. And just two generations later, here in the U.S., my younger sister, or my older sister, uh, died at a young age of preventable causes. And so for me, it's always been about making sure that things like that don't replicate itself ever again here in the U.S. or abroad. I want to make sure that young people in the U.S. feel like they know they have the agency to advocate for the issues that they care about and to be able to stand in unison and in unity with the U.N., And so I have been with UNICEF and UNICEF USA for the past seven years working on youth empowerment and specifically in the realm of protecting child protection and elevating UNICEF's work. But this year I'm excited to amplify youth voices with the UNA USA. How did you get involved with UNICEF? For me, I think UNICEF is Um, When I first started supporting the UN, UNICEF was really that agency that stood out to me, specifically because it focuses on children. And kind of when I discussed my family story before, it really is about making sure that we're protecting the next generation. And what I love about UNICEF is that a lot like the UNAUSA, it really focuses on youth empowerment, given the fact that it is the United Nations Children's Fund. And so in terms of how I got involved, um, I started volunteering at a very young age. And at 15, I started Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, by the way. Um, I started Tennessee's first UNICEF club. And from there, I just got more and more involved with UNICEF USA and all the incredible work they do. And so in Nashville, they had a congressional action team. I joined that in high school and started working as a youth advocate. Um, After that, I moved into a bunch of different national leadership roles where I was helping to lead different volunteers. I was working with other young people who were passionate about UNICEF's work. I really just wanted to make sure that I could serve as that nexus between the people and the agency and making sure that everyone feels like they have a stake in UNICEF's life-saving work. Amazing. So, you, so you've been mission-focused uh, since the very beginning. <laughs> That's a funny way to describe it, but <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, thank you. Amazing. So right now, now you're in this new role as a youth observer for the UN, what does that entail? What does your daily look like? 
It definitely varies by the day. For example, today, UNGA, aka the United Nations General Assembly, kicked off. And so um, in terms of this week and the next couple weeks, it's really focusing on UNGA events, making sure that young people are being represented at the table. Um, I had a mentor who used to say that if you're if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. And so, it, I mean, young people make up a third of the world's population. And so making sure that young people have that seat at the table, making sure that they're being heard and making sure that they're being represented is very important to me. And that's what I really wanna do. Um, this week is also the last week of my listening tour. And so um, if anybody heads to my link tree on my Twitter or Instagram, you'll be able to see um, a list of links of different stops I'm heading to around the country. But um, in that listening tour, I'm just listening to what young people around the nation care about the most so that I can amplify their voices at the UN General Assembly. Um, and I'm also doing this event on September 20th with the Brookings Institution and the United Nations Foundation, where we're talking about how Americans are serving as leaders for the Sustainable Development Goals. That's kind of the short term, but in the long term, it involves engaging with young people primarily. So uh meeting with students hearing what they have to say meeting with organizations and delivering speeches at high level events or in the classrooms to make sure that young people understand their stake in the UN and what the UN does to promote the SDGs and make the world a better place. Um, we're also, I also have a few other things that I'm planning to launch uh, in the works, but um, I would definitely say um, anybody who's interested in the UN and getting more engaged with the UN and connecting with uh, me as the youth observer. Um, my social media handle is US Youth Observer on Twitter and Instagram. So definitely be sure to check them out. Awesome. So as far as um, young people getting involved, I know from, from a lot of the research that's out there that millennials and Gen Z really want to uh, be involved, but there's a lot of hurdles and there's just, there's just I guess, um, a lot of barriers that prevent them from uh, actually stepping into those shoes, whether that's in the workplace or uh, in their communities. And, you know, it just, it, it, it becomes demoralizing. Where do young people begin when they want to be able to create change? Because I know, I think many people hear things out there and they see things, people talking about it, but they're not sure exactly, you know, how do they begin that process within themselves? How do they figure out who they are and how they should be able to uh, get involved in these spaces. For sure. And Arbaz, I'm really glad you brought that up because ageism definitely exists in this day and time. I think it's always existed. And, you know, like I, I do kind of understand the background behind the sentiment in that, yes, we are young and I totally understand that. But at the same time, young people need to be heard. Um, like I said earlier, we make a third of the, we make up a third of the population and everything that happens today, whether it's the law or something, anything that passes really is going to continue affecting us decades after the lawmakers are out of office. And so I think that for young people, we really need to mobilize for the issues that we care about. And in terms of the how, it definitely looks different for everybody. Um, the United States isn't a monolith in any way, whether it's by region, by race, by gender, by any identity that we choose. Every The US is so diverse. And so for the US specifically, it's going to vary for every single person. But in my, in my opinion, I think that most times 
And honestly, if you feel like all times, global solution, global problems often have local solutions. So when we think of something like climate change, it seems like a global problem, but the reality is, is that it's going to affect every single one of us and it's going to affect everyone at a community level too. Mm. And so um, the simplest way to start to get involved is really to just start in any way you can. For me, I began with UNICEF, but I also before that was volunteering in my community to alleviate food insecurity for people who were living right next door. Um, for everybody there, we can always start with helping out our local community. And from that, we can do more to get involved. Um, beyond just the local community, I think that um, I used to, I think that there's a lot of leadership opportunities that exist, whether it's this youth observer role or with UNICEF USA, for example, where young people really do have that opportunity to get involved and have a voice in the system, but many people just don't know about it. So um, it's kind of, it's up to us as young people to look for these opportunities and make sure that we're chasing after them to have a larger say. I think it's also up to these organizations that are putting out these opportunities to make sure that young people know about them and are getting involved in any way that they can. Amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the young people that you've been able to work with and the impact they're creating? And I know you've been able to connect with so many people, but you know, just to little glimpse into the work that they're doing. It'll be, it'll be great. <laughs> of course, Arvaz. I, I want to talk about two specific stories that just really pop into my mind when you talk about people that I've worked with. I think in my listening tour, which I discussed kind of earlier, um, I had this one stop just last week where I met this one student who was from Iowa, and he told me that his community had faced the largest flood in a thousand years back in 2008. A thousand years. That is just so mind blowing to me. Amazing. And he said that even now in 2021, when you walk through the streets, it still smells like the flood. When you walk through the streets, you still see homes that have been affected by the flood. When you walk through the streets, you see how everybody was impacted by that one horrible environmental disaster. And it was largely exacerbated because and came about because of climate related and climate related consequences. Um, and that was devastating to hear. But I asked him immediately afterward, I said, what have you done in your community to combat these issues that you care about, including climate change? And he told me how he and a few other young people in his class rallied together and really held his officials accountable. They discussed creating and introducing clean energy initiatives in Iowa. They met with officials and discussed ways that they can combat climate change. And that was all done when they were in high school. And it's just, it really just blows my mind how big of an impact young people can make and how much they don't, how much so many young people don't realize how important their impact is as well. And so as the youth observer, I want to make young people understand that they have it, they have that ability, they have the agency and they need to use it. Um, 
And then in terms of the second story that I think of, it's really back from my time with UNICEF and UNICEF USA. I remember there was this one member of Congress who for years never agreed to meet with anybody from UNICEF or UNICEF USA. It didn't matter how high or fancy their title was. It just never was a priority for them. And the second though, a group of high school students from their state contacted their office and said, we care about UNICEF. We want to meet with you to discuss how important it is to fund UNICEF and its life-saving work. They agreed to meet with those students because they cared about what young people had to say. And every year after that, they have agreed to meet with UNICEF groups and UNICEF supporters. And so it just really shows how young people taking that one step can lead to impacts in the community and also those continued relationships that are built with UN agencies and other really important stakeholders. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think so many, I think the challenge is when you're at that age, you know, at a younger age, middle school, high school, um, I guess no one ever tells you or shares with you that you have the opportunity to do these things. I think uh, your world, I mean, for at least me, my world was uh, within that limited scope and you just, you know, you just kind of go with the flow and uh, you're looking for someone to inspire you. and. Uh, I think some people are able to make that connection, but uh, I do think at a public school level, it would be just so much more amazing if young people were given that opportunity to told what, you know, what are these options out there in the world? Um, but that, but that, uh, that's amazing work that you're doing. What's your uh, vision for the year? What, if, by the end of this year, if you had to accomplish a couple of things, what would it be? Wow, that's a that's a really great question, Arvaz. I I have a few goals. I wrote them down, and um, I'm not going to share them verbatim. But here are a few things that are, that really just come to mind. So first, it really is about youth engagement. I I think you kind of touched on uh, during uh, your question what I really care about, but I I totally agree with you. It's that even when opportunities exist we, there are very, uh, let's say there's, we have limited exposure to them, or sometimes we feel like we're not being taken seriously. So my goal really is to take young people seriously, to let them know that they have a voice and that it matters. And specifically, I want to make sure that I'm meeting with youth leaders or just young people who care about the UN, even young people who don't care about the UN, because I want to make sure that they recognize how their voice matters and how the UN is actually shaping and doing so many important things to help make their lives better. Um, it's about engaging with young people as much as possible. And so I want to create seven monthly events to engage with youth in addition to speeches and engagements in social media. Um, and really hone in on how unit UN agencies and the UN SDGs contribute to their everyday lives and really build that community because oftentimes people come for the ideas and they stay for the people. I want to make sure that people feel included. I also want to uplift diverse voices by featuring them on the Youth Observer social media and creating events and graphics and different things to highlight you and holidays and make sure that people feel represented and included. I know that growing up as a woman of color in the American South, I often felt like I wasn't represented. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt like I 
just in the grand scheme of things wasn't being, I didn't see enough faces that looked like mine. So I want to make sure people who come from diverse communities feel like they have a stake in this. I want to make sure that they feel like they matter. And that's what I hope to do as the youth observer as well. And then finally, I just really want to focus on advocacy as well. Um, I live in Washington, D.C. right now. It's where I go to school. And I a lot of my background also is from the legislative sector, too. And so I want to make sure that young people are advocating for the issues that they care about. A lot of times it can be really scary contacting or reaching out to the government. It seems like this big, scary building. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about the UN as well, but I look at both of them as these institutions full of people who care about your stories, who are here to serve you, people who are here to make sure that your voice is being heard. And so um, these are kind of the big things that I really want to focus on. But again, um, it's at the end of the day, it's about the people and making sure that young people are a part of the movement as we continue to grow it and pave the way for the future. That's amazing. I mean, I look forward to the entire year. I think um, you know, just working with you and, and being able to engage with you is, is, has been exciting and just seeing all the opportunities out there, you know, especially uh, I think the idea of just the United Nations is such a, you know, it's so distant for so many of us, right? So many young people, we feel like we can't connect and us having this opportunity is just, it has been amazing. I do want to ask a question about uh, the SDGs. I know uh, many people hear it, but they don't know exactly what it is. If you can explain uh, in just very simple terms what the SDGs are and what they mean. For sure. Um, the SDGs are the successor of the MDGs, which are the Millennium Development Goals. Essentially, the SDGs are a list of 17 different goals that basically make up the backbone of the UN's agenda until 2030. It's a list of 17 ideals that we really hope to accomplish by 2030, and it can be through uh, a top-down approach where the UN is galvanizing governments to create legislation or sign treaties and really hone in on promoting these 17 ideals, or it can be a bottom-up approach, what we do at a local level to advocate for these issues or to contribute to making an impact with these issues. And I, for me, like I said, I really see it as what the UN's agenda is. And it ranges from everything from no poverty to partnerships from the goals and really any issue that you can think of that affects us on a local, national or international level is covered by the SDGs. That's amazing. So, so within these SDG goals, uh, young people at a local level could, could really just say, you know, I'm passionate about one of these projects and, and start working on it, right? Yeah, I, number 17 is partnerships for the goals. And it's because we recognize that we can't do it alone. We, as much as I'm sure we would love to see the UN be able to do it all itself, it really does matter what people at a grassroots level do to ensure that these things are happening. And so I've met so many young people during just a short amount of time in my term as a youth observer who are really leading the charge for the UN SDGs. For example, a couple of weeks ago, I met a girl who she's a student at the Colorado School of Mines, and she invented a wearable device that uh, helps track um, and helps um, 
the wearers avoid instances of gender injustice. And it just blew my mind how she came from the tech sector, but was able to create this device that is helping people um, and helping the UN achieve SDG5, which is gender equality. And um, it really, it's not just about international actors. It's not about people who care about politics or people who care about international affairs. It's about, it's up to all of us, whether you're a scientist, whether you're a, um, some who play sports, an athlete, um, whether you're just completely separated from the realm of international affairs, we all have a stake in the SDGs. And it really, like I said, it's up to us to make sure that they happen by 2030. Amazing. Well, Cynthia, I really appreciate your time. Any, any final words of inspiration for everyone? Yeah, I would really like to say thank you, our boss, for this opportunity to speak on your podcast. It's been really fun getting to talk to you about my role as the Youth Observer and everything that I plan on doing in the upcoming year. I would say that for any young people, I really want to emphasize that you matter and your voice matters and you need to and deserve to be heard. Um, don't let anybody from any other generation or even from your own tell you that what you say does not matter or what you do does not matter. Because at the end of the day, it really is our, we are the greatest stakeholders and it's our duty to make sure that we are continuing to stand for others, to stand by others and to stand with others, to ensure that the United Nations is spearheading the SDGs and continuing to make an impact for each other and um, everybody else in the world. Amazing. And um, as I said before, I really hope that I can be somebody who helps connect you with the UN, connect you with the USA, and amplify everything that you care about at the UN and beyond. And so please reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram at US Youth Observer anytime if you would like to collaborate or just meet and learn more about the UN or what I do. My role really is to serve you. And so I want to make sure that we are working together to make an impact and to make the world a better place tomorrow than it is today. Uh, thank you again for your time. And I'm wishing you all a wonderful rest of the year. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Cynthia. I appreciate you. I know you're super busy and doing a whole lot. So it was great connecting with you and uh, We'll, uh, we'll connect again soon. Take care. Wonderful. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye, our yeah. boss. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to The Boss Show. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share.